The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ever thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. The name of my show is Human Behavior, What a Trip. We're going to have a wonderful trip today with my guest. My guest's name is Heather McCloskey Beck, and she's written a fresh new book. And um, she's going to talk to us about the book and all that and other things. So welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you so much. It's such a delight to be here, Jonathan. I'm delighted to have you. Yeah, thank you. Neutral. Thank you. So uh, if we start from the beginning, uh, what was your childhood like, and uh, and how was it as you went from being a little kid to an adolescent and then finally ending up to be the kinds of, do the kind of things that really excite you? <laughs> it's a great question. I guess it's a great question for all of us to take yes, time to reflect upon because it, it offers us some insight into who we are now, and that I think that when we do this, we can find clear traces, yes. little signposts along the way of who we potentially are born to be. Yes. So the way it worked for me was I know from a very early age, uh, I have memories that go back to infancy, actually. I can remember being in my crib and being given a bottle, so my, my awareness really oh. goes back to probably, I don't know, three to six months old or so. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, that's very rare. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, I, I, I understand that, but, you know, we only know things. We know things from our own perspective, so it always seemed very natural to me. Yes. And as I've gone through my life, I, I've heard more and more people say to me, I don't remember anything. I, I can't remember that. Yeah, my earliest memory was when I was four years old. Yeah. But you, you were doing it at four months. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> it was your memory vivid, the four, four-year-old memory that you had? Oh, yeah, very vivid. Yeah. Well, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> well, the very brief uh, response is my father was a surgeon, and uh, I had a sister, still have her. She's two and a half years older than I. She had this little uh, playpen, this little play stove. Unbeknownst to everybody, it was very sharp on the edges. And... Uh, I sliced my arm, my, in my where my bicep is, on my left hand, my left arm, I mean, and I had this, in my mind, I had this big spouting of blood shooting out of my arm. So my mother, who was um, was a very anxious lady, took me into the, into the bathtub where my father was taking a bath, and um, she was hysterical about it. He was very low-key, 
And he said, you know, just you know, put a towel and hold it against the the uh, cut. And then it seemed to me like he was just taking his time. He was in no rush. Interesting. But what I found out later when we talked about it 20 years later, mm-hmm. he uh, didn't want to rush. He didn't want to get me overly af- being afraid of anything regarding all this. That's a very thoughtful person. <laughs> yeah, he was in many ways. That's so um, That's a vivid memory. Very vivid. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and so from and I've from my studies, um, usually below two years of age, people don't remember anything. Hmm. But you are are extremely um, atypical. <laughs> I, I I guess I guess so. I guess some of the things that I've experienced along the way might point to that as well. But what's so interesting is that my perception of my childhood is that I was a natural kid, just like everybody, who I really loved playing with my neighbors. I loved Uh doing all kinds of sports. But I had a burning desire, a burning desire from mm, probably two years old, maybe younger, but when I really could understand it, to uh, play music. And it it began first with the piano. Uh And I desperately wanted to play piano. And how old were you when you started piano? Well, I started begging my parents. We didn't have one. So I started really saying, can we have a piano? I want piano lessons, please. I want, well, we don't have a piano. And so apparently I was insistent. Yes, for you. <laughs> the piano came in through the front door, and I actually started my first lessons when I was about five. And I, was, I loved symphony. I just had this natural inclination to the whole thing. So I really began my first lessons for classical piano at five and then I studied classical flute. Wow. Getting about eight. And I then taught myself guitar probably when I was about 13, and that became my dominant instrument, uh, along with Latin percussion and vocals. And so I've had a lifetime of really getting to enjoy being a musician. Yeah. It's a part of me that I definitely was born with this proclivity, uh, and and so that would definitely define much of what I did. And having grown up in the later 60s, the music was very much uh, compelling towards folk, folk rock, and so I did a lot of performance and moved into that, but with my classical background. So I really had an interesting time weaving in Latin percussion and uh, folk guitar, along with some really classical strains behind it. And I think that was very much a sign of the times as well, uh-huh. that type of music was going <clears throat> But it, it was really interesting because <laughs> I realize now how interesting. I also wanted to be a, a, a symphony conductor, so I would put on symphony on our record player in the living room. And I'd invite my family down, my, my two brothers and sister and my parents, come sit down, I want to conduct a symphony for you. <laughs> so they, my parents did it more often than my siblings, but they'd sit on the couch and I'd put on the symphony and I would weave in the woodwinds and bring in the brass and the strings and as long as I would sit there, I'd conduct a symphony. <laughs> I see. So you really love music terribly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I know I was, I came in, I just definitely came in with this, this uh, natural, well, I actually call them, it's sort of a creative genius that I, I believe we're all born with our own unique brilliance, our own creativity, our own genius. And some of us don't get to express it as much as others. And I feel really fortunate that mine was such a driving force that regardless of what was going on, I was always uh, 
able to play or you know, get be involved in my music. Yeah, and then the the, the opposite is that a lot of kids and adults they downplay their strengths and their and their passions. Yes, and there's lots Which of reasons very, for that, very, aren't there? Yes. <laughs> What'd you say? I said there's a lot of reasons why that happens. Yes. Right there. That's one of my specialties. I yes, and it's actually that's where I think you and I will have a very interesting conversation because it's something I focus on as well. What is it that what is the you know the compelling what are the compelling reasons why we forget we forget our natural brilliance? What what is it that causes these this forgetting or this the inability to even tap into it? I can tell you. Yeah, we both probably have our theories. I'd like to hear yours. Well, basically, uh, when there's an attachment bond rupture, mm-hmm. when that takes place, the child is angry at the parent who's been hurtful, mm-hmm. and the child, and, and the child, to the degree the parent has been hurtful to the child, the child has the same amount of retaliatory rage towards the parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, what the kid has to do is push down their feelings so that they depress, they get depressed so that their impulses and feelings um, don't get known about. you follow me? Oh, yeah, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. And then exactly. for, the, so for the rest of their lives, they end up um, self-sabotaging themselves and making their life very miserable for nothing they've actually done in real life. It was done in um, their fantasy that they didn't even allow to be fully seen mm-hmm. and felt. So that's the etiology of depression. And then the other part of it is, um, well, generally with both um, anxiety and depression, they overlap more often than not. So um, if you think of it this way, if, if somebody is holding a gun to your head and they're, they're threatening to, to blow your head off, you're going to have very strong uh, um, anxiety symptoms. And um, uh, you, you may end up having to defecate and, and faint, who knows what. So you have all these, these issues. But if you've noticed, um, 99.9999% of the time, there's no external threat from anybody when someone's anxious. So what that tells us is they're afraid of what's inside themselves. You follow? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I'm hearing you, yeah. So, that, so in a nutshell, that's it. My job is to help them um, uh, get rid of their defenses and, and the, of the walls so they can actually get to the core of what went on and they can go through the memory of it very clearly with all their power. Yeah, that's that, an interesting process that I'm sure that you take people through. I'm yes, sure. so that's yeah. yeah. Okay, my my um well first first thing i know that we need to acknowledge is that in certain people's lives there's illness there's severe trauma you know whether you're in a war torn country or you're in a home that's just full of violence and yes. abuse or let's say from a very early age you have a disease like hashimoto's thyroiditis so that you have a really undeveloped thyroid. We know that these things will impact not only our our cognitive abilities, but our physical abilities, our emotional capacity. And yes. we know that things like hypothyroidism create severe anxiety and depression, just as a symptom of this. So, barring barring illness, barring 
severe trauma and, and abuse, many of us, when we are born in, we come in, well, we all come in with this intrinsic genius. Yes. And what happens in my, in my perception of the story is that we're born into families that don't necessarily value the young man's desire to go out and photograph, you know, tundra wolves. Rather, he needs to be brought into the fold, into yes. the family business. Yes. So the, the families either miss the cues or just neglect and ignore those cues. And rather than acknowledging that whole human being that's come in, there's social enculturation from family, from school, from peers, yes. from government, church. All these influences serve to also squash, squash these natural abilities. Yes, I agree. So, so there's all these different components of how, how do we, what do we, well, we, we, we understand now how, how we got here. So what do we do about it now? <laughs> And one of the things we can do is go have sessions with you, yeah. right? Yeah, and and work through this process. And but there's there's things that if we can't get to you, what can we do to empower ourselves? How can we actually take ourselves through these steps to acknowledge the fact that we've been really living this this, this sense of mediocrity and resistance and frustration? How do we tap into knowing we're born to do something really wonderful? But we're not doing it. So what do we do? <laughs> well, for most people, they end up suffering with it till they die. Right, and that's why I wrote this book because I don't yeah. want people suffering till they die. So when you, so the name of your book is "Take the Leap." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, so there's all kinds of ways in which the leap can can be manifested. Yeah, um, the book begins pretty much with a story. I find, and I'm sure you do too, that people often respond well to myths or parables rather than telling them, this is how it went, right? Yes. You can give them a representation that they can integrate, they can grasp. And so I began the book with a tale of the leap. It's called The Leap. And it's about before we're born, identifying what we want to do and being excited, and then we leap into these lives, and there we are these bundled little babies in our parents' arms, right? And, and life doesn't match up to that excited enthusiasm we had before we leaped in, and wait a minute, we're busy eating and sleeping and sleeping and eating, and then we move into the pathway of the rhythm of what our family's doing, and, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate that my, my burning desires stayed intact. They just stayed intact. But most people and many people don't. So <laughs> it's about understanding what really, what creativity is, is what genius is, what is the purpose of life, which to me is expressing that which we are, in essence, you know, the nature yes. into human physical form. So that's about creating joy and beauty with our own natural talents. And creativity can be in many different forms for many people. Oh, my gosh. Even yeah. moments, moments, yes. Yeah, and it's unique to each one of us. It's absolute. That's the brilliance of it. Yeah, it's well, well. The metaphor I just thought of is um, this big wet drop on a leaf, and then mm-hmm. the, the sunlight is creating this wonderful um, multicolor thing in the in the in the drop. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people would just walk by it and not pay attention to it, but some people would walk by it and stop and be delighted 
mm-hmm. to visit this this drop for a little while. Right. And that's that's creative. That's creative. It's very creative. Actually, every act that we do in our lives is a creative act because it's a brand new act that we're yeah that we're doing. I, and and how much better if we're actively making the choices rather than passively passively along for the ride, somebody yeah. else's ride. <laughs> and the create the creative thing can be both um, beautiful and it can be very ugly. Yes. So, yeah. for example, I'm just thinking on top of my head. So, um, people who are incarcerated in in hardcore prisons, mm-hmm. they're very creative in how they get their, their drugs and whatever else they want to do. But, but at some point, their life is so sordid, the whole thing is too much to bear. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, there are a lot of people who... Um, have jobs they don't like particularly, but they enjoy life still in, in many ways. So there's all kinds of um, mismatches and good matches. And yeah. Yeah. My feeling is is that there's too many people who are actually born into highly compromised situations. I'd say it's more than half the population of the world. Okay. So let's say we're 7 billion, right? So let's right. even say... 4 billion are screwed up. Okay, so let's just say, yeah. out of that seven billion, yes, even one million people, if one million people decided they really wanted to focus on creating a life they truly enjoyed by tapping into what their unique interests are, yes, and introducing themselves to that every single day, so that's where I talk about even fifteen minutes a day. Fifteen minutes a day, you make a commitment to yourself for 30 days to do something you enjoy. Now, we're not talking, I'm not talking about really deep, meaningful things at this stage of the game. Yes. It's more an exploration. If you like to color with crayons in a crayon book, yes. do that. But the, the key piece is that for 30 days, 15 minutes every day, no matter what. Yes. I tell you, we're coming up for our first commercial break. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll come back in about a minute and a half. Okay, great. Okay. Hang on, everybody. We'll be back. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower with my guest, Heather McCloskey Beck. And, uh, Heather, before we continue, if somebody wants to contact you, either by phone or by email or whatever, what do you, what would you... Uh, oh, well, you know what's a wonderful way for people to reach me, and I, I actually have uh, constant communications. I have some Facebook pages that are very interactive. So my Heather McCloskey Beck author page... Yeah, is I'm writing this down. Heather McCloskey Beck, Beck author... Author. Yeah, so you'll see that, or I have um, my book, Take the Leap. There's a page there. My book. It's take just the, the leap. No, the actual name is Take the Leap. I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. You're saying. Okay. So they, yeah. they can just go to look up Take the Leap. No. They all, if they go onto Facebook and type in Take the Leap, yeah. or they type in my full name, Heather McCloskey Beck, okay. they can go to those pages and they can actually message me. Okay, good. And people communicate with me all the time, and it's been really a beautiful experience. It's been really quite wonderful, and, and so that way I can go back and forth with people. So at times you get inundated with people who want to talk with you all day long? I wake up in the morning, and I have a lot of lovely messages. <laughs> yeah, I see. <laughs> so I get, busy, I get busy corresponding, and some people I've been corresponding with for probably six, nine months or so, and, and I've watched their progression through their changes, and some of the stories have been absolutely exquisite, absolutely exquisite where people are actually moving into their their own selves, their own beauty, and they're saying, oh, my God, now that we've been talking like this and I've been reading your posts and your now I'm actually, I'm a painter and I'm painting again. I see. I'm painting again, so... It's really quite lovely. So it sounds like some of these people actually become friends of yours. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I I definitely have direct relationships with many people. On my Facebook pages, between my business partner, we have over a million and a half fans on our collective pages. And there are certain pages that are really quite primary for me. I have website and all that sort of stuff, but the pages are highly interactive. Uh Uh-huh. And... So I have met many people this way, and I have to say, this is really an interesting thing. Many people come to my pages because of how positive an environment it is, and they feel loved and cared for. They start feeling really good about themselves. The other people who are interacting there are very positive, and I have to say, 99.9% of the time, everything that's going on 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 Peace Splash on Take the Leap, on these pages are, are really quite beautiful. So if somebody's interested in that kind of vibe, come on over, for sure. So P- Peace Flash is what? Peace Flash, actually, it was interesting. A few years ago, I was listening to, um, I was at a, a book conference, and the publishers were saying, it's very important if you want to be an author to develop your own social media platforms. 
So those words stuck in my head, and I went home and I thought, hmm, okay, I need to develop a social media platform. So two years ago, I had zero. <laughs> yes, wow. And two years now, two years later, we have over a million and a half people who are interested in this. And so I was thinking, what's really important to me? And, and I saw an image, and it was this beautiful peace sign of human beings on the sand on a beautiful tropical beach. And I said, that's what we need. We need flashes of news flashes of peace. We don't need more news flashes of some of the horrific things we're seeing in the world. We need news flashes of peace. Yes. And so I created this page called Peace Flash, which now has become pretty much a global peace movement, which is inspired by when we actively do what we truly love to do. Yes. When we're engaged in our own creative acts, then what happens is we actually become very peaceful within ourselves. We're not, we're not fighting against ourselves. We're not unhappy. We're not anxious. We're not experiencing these feelings from resisting what we love to do. When we do what we love to do, yes. we become what I call dynamically peaceful. It's peace in activity, in action. Yes. And so when I take that and I'm, I'm doing my writing or my music or speaking, whatever it is that's inspiring me, and then if I share that with you, and then I share that with all the callers we're speaking with right now, uh-huh. all the people listening in, well then, if each person did that, we actually have the capacity to create not only a personal peace, but a peace within our sphere. Yes. And then, so then we go back to those million people I was speaking about before. If one million people out of seven billion did this. Yes we would have the ability to begin to alter when you were saying it can, creativity can be really good or it can be really bad, to create a really positive transition yes. in our world. So maybe you'll end up um, at some point having this wonderful uh, presence and, and all kinds of interactive ways in which you can be with, with other people. Yes, uh, we're already doing it. Yeah, it's and, very exciting. Uh, we're going to be having events that go actually around the world and will be live streamed. In about a year, we're having a Peace Flash uh, Summit where we'll be inviting people from all over the world. Right now, we have people from all over the world involved with this, and and uh, it'll be a, quite an extraordinary event. It'll be called Peace Flash. The Peace and, Flash be, and it'll take place in, in what, in, where? It's actually going to take place in probably six different locations simultaneously with different events around the planet. But there will be one central location spot, which will be in the United States, which we haven't decided on where that is going to be. I so it'll be in Southern, I'd probably be in Southern California. And then who, how many humans can come to these things? This event will yeah. probably, it'll go for about four days. Yes. And so people will be able to be, there'll be different events going on in different cities around the world so people can collectively physically go to that event there and that'll get live streamed and then another event so maybe a couple thousand people can show up there but maybe a hundred thousand people want to see it live streamed you know online Um, and here in this area I I don't know what how large the scope is certainly several thousand Seven thousand, several thousand people will be able to actually physically be at these events that'll involve music and art and 
and uh, wonderful speakers and people who inspire us. It'll be a collective of humans that are really living this and who are really, really talented at serving to inspire others. Yeah, so I would imagine that uh, you might get a huge number of people who want to be at these different venues. It would be beautiful. I I think that we will. I'm involved with other events where... You know, there's often two to 3,000 people at these events, so that that wouldn't surprise me at all. I love small events. I love large events. It, I think each one has its own own unique beauty. Yes. The, the large ones can get unwieldy at times, <laughs> more than the small ones, I think. <laughs> I've been to some really large events that have been seamlessly beautiful. Yes. And and uh, so that's that's really how I, I focus. So, so basically, you—it's you and a few other people who are doing most of the work in this area, right? Right now, my partner, my business partner Fiona Childs, and I yeah. have been working with Peace Flash for some time, and it's going to expand when we begin to create this event where other people will be invited and to be speakers, you know, guests and part of it musically, artistically, as speakers, as as uh, inspirers. And, and so that circle's about to expand within this next year. I see. And so there'll be speakers on all kinds of different topics. Yes. Yes, because as we started speaking originally, there's 7 billion unique, yes. <laughs> uniquely creative people. So everybody has their fresh perspective. So uh, I'm asking you this, this, this coming question, this I'm asking you, it's really, uh, I'm asking you if I could be part of it, perhaps. That'd be wonderful. And then um, how long does each person talk for or sing a song for or whatever it is? <laughs> well, we haven't worked it out. Some of these events, there may be a keynote speaker who will speak for, say, an hour and a half, while other speakers might do 20-minute presentations. It might be one musical group might do three songs. Perhaps one group will do one. We'll have actually interactive art events going on where families can bring in children. Wow, sounds great. Be doing the art, and we'll have artists. I have an amazing friend, Patricia Saxton, and again, my business partner, Fiona Childs. These two women are such brilliant Uh piece artists. They do some of the most gorgeous artwork. So we'll have art shows and sales. And so it's going to be. When you say art show, are you thinking of. Pictures and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oil paintings and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah things okay. that revolve around this celebration. It's really a celebration of life right. because, as I said, to me, peace is created. People say, "Well, how do you how do you create world peace?" Some one little person. You start yeah. with yourself. You start by creating a life that is vibrantly wonderful. Yes. You know, so we could jump into this subject. This is an interesting one, I think, for many people. Jonathan, yes. there's a lot of people say, I hate my job. You know, I, 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 I'm not the doing what I want. majority of people say that. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. doing what I want to do. I don't have time. How can I possibly? How can I possibly? And, and there's really, really interesting ways to go about it. Yes. And, and I, it's, it's amazing, actually, I, jumping forward a tiny bit, I have actually seen people who wanted to be writers, and they couldn't stand their job as an editor. Yes. I mean, well, a lot of people would give their IT to be an editor, but this person, this man in particular, didn't want to be an editor. He wanted to be writing. He wanted to be an author. Yes. 
So finally, after enough time of really being frustrated, he quit the job. Yeah. Sat down to become an author and couldn't do it. <laughs> yes. And well, he had some reason, something going on. That was he just was inhibited. not able to do it. And, and, and over time, over about three months, he realized he really needed the contrast of his regular job that served to take care of him and his family, you know, yes. it's because we have, to, we have to be really responsible and practical people. We need to take care of our lives while yes. we also take care of our, our, our desires, our intrinsic yes. creative, you know, directives. But, so he realized what really worked best for him was having that job as an editor and then going home and working several yes. hours in the night. And he really, it took him actually leaving it to go back to it and realize that is what worked for him. Yes. And many people don't recognize that that, that is, is, is an interesting component when we're creative people. Yes. That contrast can be highly beneficial to us and motivating yes. and yes. motivating. Yes. A lot of people have difficulty because they don't feel they have the time to be able to do this. You know, you get up in the morning, you do your work, you zip home, you make dinner, you take care of the family, whatever the routine is, and fall into bed and recuperate on the weekend. But the real deal is how many people go home and pick up the remote? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> how many people sleep until the very last second before I have to roll out of bed, throw down that cup of coffee, and jump in the car and go? Yes. What if we did it differently? What if we set our clocks for 15 minutes early? even a half hour early, and quietly got up and got our tea or our coffee, chose a little favorite spot in our home before everybody else is up. Yeah. And before we really got going, we just sat and relaxed and enjoyed that quiet. That would be a very different way to begin our day. Yeah. Well, the way you, pre- you, the way you present it, it's very lovely. The way I normally do it mm-hmm. is uh, I get up and then I go running. So not, and that works for you? That's oh good yeah, for you? I love running. See? So then you're doing it. Oh, yeah. And so what if people got up before they had to jam off to do what they're doing and did something like their version of running, right? It would be lovely. Right. But we can do that. We can do that. We don't need to sleep sleep through our life. Exactly. There's so many ways to live, and some people choose ways that work for them, and other people choose ways that don't work for them. And that's because we know how habits are formed through repetition yes, and through what's familiar in our environment and what's been expected. And so it, it, it's commonplace to fall into that fold. That's commonplace. Yes. And so what, when we realize, we recognize in ourselves that there's something, there's something we need to be doing. We know there's something and feel that then decide, okay, I'm going to take some basic steps. It's not like, poof, you, ma- you wave some kind of magic wand and life changes. It's, no, we have the ability to implement small steps that build on, on themselves and lead us into creating new habits, new patterns of behavior, new ways of thinking and taking charge of ourselves. Yes. Yes. And, and what do we do with those people who are chip, chip, chipping away in our heads, you know, telling you, you can't do that. You're not, you're not really that talented. You you know, these negative, this negative chatter that goes on, whether it's from yes. an external source or ourselves. Yeah, it's very 
cruel behavior to oneself. Yes. So in my book, Take the Leap, I go through sections on how to address negative chatter within ourselves, how to address and replace it with positive messages. How do we do that with people? How do we clear out the clutter in our lives of toxic relationships, both in personal and business? How do we deal with our closets and our garages that are brimming with way too much stuff? (laughs) Yes. You know, what do we do when, when our, our, every aspect of our life is cluttered? So, we, you know, simplifying and going through the steps of eradicating this clutter so yeah. that we can actually get simple and more peaceful and we can begin to think yes. and feel. Yes. Is this your first book? or This is my first book uh, of a larger size. I've done some smaller books and uh-huh. chat books and whatnot, but this is my first publication of this size, yeah. And it's very exciting. It's really wonderful. And uh, this coming uh, Sunday, or is it Friday, or is it Saturday in, in Westlake Village? You're... Oh, yeah, this Sunday, October 13th at 2 p.m., I'm going to be doing an author talk and book signing at Barnes & Noble, right in, I guess it's really Thousand Oaks. We think of it as Westlake Village, Thousand Oaks. And uh, so if you're interested... No, Barnes coming... & Noble is in Westlake. Yeah, yeah, and then when you look it up by address, it says Thousand Oaks, oh. and it's like, oh. Okay, so maybe I'll see board. you there. Who knows? I would love. Come on. Come on over at 2 p.m. on Sunday. It would be wonderful. It's going to be a very nice event. I've seen Ray Bradbury there a couple uh-huh. of times in the bookstore, and I always love when an author gets to speak and meet with people, you know, face-to-face and chat yes. a little bit, and, and, and it, it's truly a, uh, a joyful thing. Uh, Is Ray Bradbury still alive? No, Ray passed away. About three or four years ago? Mm, Not even. Yeah, maybe a year or two ago. Yes. But I had the good fortune to see him twice there. Uh So it sounds like um, the way you live your life, you're busy, but you're enjoying the busy stuff you do. Yeah, yeah. Which is lovely. Yes, I, I worked really in a very focused way to actually live all the things I write about and talk about. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't be very valuable, would I? Yes. <laughs> I, I, what I did discover was my husband and we have three children, and I knew from when I was little, back to that little girl, Heather, I always knew that I would be writing books and, and speaking, but I also knew that in order to do that, I had to live a lot of life to have enough life experience to be able to you know, really integrate what I experience into uh, practicalities and also wisdom. You know, how do you share? How do you share this stuff if you don't have it together? So I knew it wouldn't be until after my kids had grown. And what are their ages? My youngest is nineteen, and then my next child is twenty-two, and my oldest is twenty-nine. And what? Which gender are each of these people? Twenty-nine. My son Luke is. He's 29. My son, Kiva, is 22, and my daughter, Zephyr, is 19. Zephyr? Zephyr, like a gentle west wind in the... Yeah. yeah. And um, are they enthralled with your vitality and your fun? (laughs) I'm the mom. (laughs) What? I'm the mom. You know, they've, they've lived with me always, so I've always been this way with them. And when they would have activities that, for instance... 
my kids were in Malibu Little League, and, and so in order to be involved with them, I became the president of Malibu, Malibu Little League. For Louis, I'm sorry to stop. We've got to take our last uh, okay. sure, sure. break. Yeah. I, I got over uh, what I should have started earlier. So we'll, we'll be back in about two minutes. Okay. Everybody hang on for the last segment coming up in another minute or two. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805 535 5111. That's 805-535-5111. com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. I'm having a nice trip with my guest, Heather McCloskey-Beck. We'll call her Heather, but I also want you to know her full name. <laughs> and um, during the break, we were talking about your children and how uh, they enjoy you and all that. And that's really quite beautiful and lovely. I am a really fortunate mom. I really am. I, I, I feel very blessed. Very blessed. Yes. Yeah. So did you experience your parents as being very nurturing and and mellow and loving and My parents were very loving. My yeah. mom is still alive. Good. And she actually lives right nearby me. Oh good. And uh it, it wasn't my my growing up wasn't like this. No. My my parents were very busy with what was what they were doing. Yeah. And I do know that my dad particularly was always extremely supportive and, and interested in my music and my capacity to perform and play. And he'd always ask, could you come play me a song? <laughs> so that was something, that's something I really do remember. Um, but to have them really understand that creative process in me, I always remember 
I would be just in the middle of writing a song and sitting in my bed, and 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 my mother would call me for dinner. And back then, I we didn't really, I didn't really have a tape recorder or anything. And so if I stopped to answer her, I would miss the notations I was putting on paper for the song, and I and I would lose the whole the whole song. And 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 there wasn't a complete understanding for that process. I see. <laughs> Where I do understand it with my kids. My kids are working on an art project or whatever, uh-huh. and they're immersed. They can do it they yeah. can, until they're ready to take that break. And 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 yeah, I I just think that's the most valuable thing. One of the most one of the more valuable things I can do is to really encourage that process. Yes. We were talking during our break, and I I, I mentioned to you that I think one of the greatest things about what I'm doing right now aside from it being so personally, deeply meaningful yes. and satisfying, is that how it's impacting my children. Because when we decide to have children, because this is how we populate our world, we all have these families and yes. we bring these kids in. But it's so important that once we make that decision to have them, to, to really give them a, a great opportunity to look at someone who's doing, living a life that's really valuable because we're the role model. Yeah. And so as a result of my kids, I was saying that I might be up at 2 o'clock in the morning and working on what I'm doing in the writing, and they come home from their night, and they've had a fun party or whatever. They're like, wow, Mom, <laughs> you're yeah. still working? And, and when they hear me speak and when they see me so joyful, when I handed my book to them, when, when they see... How fulfilled, and, and, and you can hear it in my voice. Yes. When they see that, it really is inspiring them. It is so, it's more inspirational than anything I could ever say. Yes. So how we are not only impacts who, you know, ourselves, but our, our friends, but our children. And if we could remember that, remember that, because we're not just doing it for ourselves. It, it, it impacts the world. Yes. It impacts our families. It impacts our friends. But it really can alter the scope of your immediate sphere and then the bigger sphere, this big yes. sphere of a planet we live on. Yes. But then, of course, what we talked about earlier on is um, a huge percentage of the population doesn't have good enough parents. Yeah. So, so why don't we start with ourselves? <laughs> tremendously sad when yeah. I think about it. It is that. It's hard for me. It, it actually is. Uh, I'm an empath, and it, it's sometimes, I have to be very careful that I can look. I can go into a room, and I can see. Um, I can really see people's lives when I meet them, and I, just, I don't even have to meet them. I can see them, and I can feel it, and I, it, it affects me in such an enormous way that I find if I really stay focused on this beautiful streaming positivity that I people sort of get caught in this flow and come along with it. Uh-huh. I can't dwell in the other place because that's not my way to change the world, is it? I can't. No, um, you can't alone change the world. No, no, but my part in it. Yes. So I find that by trying to resist something I can't stand yes. is not the way for me to change it. Rather than resisting and pushing against something, I'd rather create something new and beautiful, uh-huh. and then share it out. Yeah. And I think it's a lot more effective. 
Yes. A lot more effective. And each one of us has, you know, there's different pathways to peace. We look at passive resistance from Mahatma Gandhi and look what Martin Luther King did. Many, many, many people who have worked so hard. Yes. And, and everybody has their own unique way of trying to, you know, create a better world, a better life. And so that's the beauty. We all have our unique expression, but it is so sad. It can be so profoundly upsetting that <laughs> it's staggering. It can literally make me dizzy. Yes. The, the despair that exists. And right. so the only way I can, I, I can face it is by being this person that I am busy being uh-huh. and give that person, share that, whoever comes into my sphere, and that's why I like these social media platforms so much, because I have people I'm talking to in New Zealand and the Philippines and yes. in uh, Afghanistan and, and uh, places that sometimes, in Syria, when, when we can get through, you know, or right here, right here in Southern California, all, the entire planet. Yes. It's remarkable. Yes, it is. And then, you know what? Everybody really wants the same thing. Everybody uh, really on some level, yes, but for yeah. a lot of people who have been um significantly hurt, yes, they can't get out of it on their own, no, so they can come to someone like me, I do a very specific kind of therapy mm-hmm. and um you know it's it's helps helping one person at a time, so on occasion, I talk to groups about the kind of therapy i do they get a they get a certain um idea of what it's like, but it's different than actually being the patient in the room with me. See, that's incredible. But I'd like to be able to have some kind of way of being able to talk about this in a general way mm-hmm. to large numbers of people at a time, and then they might want to know more about it. I think that's exceptional. I'd like well, to talk to you more about it. Okay. Well, now, see, it's very interesting because you said it was exceptional? Yeah. And I immediately got sad because why? Because you know why? growing up, I didn't get enough. Mm-hmm. You're good. You're a great guy, kind of stuff from my parents. Yeah, you know what, Jonathan? What? You are a great guy. I know. You are exceptional, and you real, and I know you know, and you really, really are. I know. So, but anyway, so when you very, um, very matter-of-factly and just being the lovely you, what you said, I I liked what you said, but then I had to contrast it to how my parents often devalued what I was, what, how I was. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps that became a motivation for you to do what you do because you oh, need yes. to, to process all that and then you know there's other people out there yeah. who've experienced their own version. Yeah. Well, yeah. at the age of, I started to realize that uh, human behavior was my thing. Yeah. I couldn't get enough of it. Right. See? And, and that's it. Yeah. Your light turned on, and, and we know that. When something hits us like fire like that, yeah, that's definitely a calling. That's a calling. That's, that's, we leaped in to do, you know, certain things, and, and you hit it. Yes. And you went for it. Yes. So beautiful. Have you written a book? Uh, well, I wrote a book, co-authored a book in 1979, called The Little League Game, How Kids, Coaches, and Parents Really Play It. <laughs> it's a good book, but it didn't only have... I, I would think, I wish I had known about it when I was the president of Malibu Little League. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have books 
inside me that need to be written, but I haven't written them. Guess what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to encourage you to get started. Oh, yeah. I also have written a couple of screenplays with a friend of mine, also a therapist. That's fabulous. Yeah. So I'm going to encourage you to take your 15 minutes a day. Pardon me? I'm going to encourage you to take your 15 minutes a day. Yeah. And sit down and look at what you have inside yes. your brain, inside your heart, and in on paper, and just start. Yes. <laughs> I think you'd be very talented. I think you'd not only enjoy the process, but I think everybody could seriously yes. benefit from yes. reading what you do have to say. Yeah. I have lots of ideas regarding screenplays and books, but the reality is there's only 24 hours in a day. Ha! Huh, 15 minutes. 15 I minutes. I challenge you. 30 days, 15 minutes. What, 30 I days? Encourage you. write a book in 30 days? No. No. But what happens is in those 15 minutes for those 30 days, yeah. that little spark that gets fanned and it gets brighter. And then what we find probably about two weeks into it is we can't do it just for 15 minutes a day and it's extended to 30 minutes and then to an hour, an hour and a half, yes. and then you're off to the races. Well, right now I'm busy having some people help me get branded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, mm-hmm. then these other things very likely can take place. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you take that time, some time each day just for you to focus on what you want to do, and maybe just do try that exercise, you know, even 15 minutes, five minutes, it builds on itself. Yes. And that joy... That joy that you feel, I don't uh-huh. care. Maybe you're like the color, you know. Just do it. And 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 brilliant ideas come when we're, you know this, when we're bypassing our thinking. Yes. Uh, you know, painters want to paint or musicians. We get brilliant ideas when we're just streaming. We're streaming in this, you know, flowing. We're, when we were kids and we were playing, Yes. we lost track of where we were, that there were people around us, what time it was when we were really immersed in those <coughs> games yes. that we were playing, Right. Yes. So this is really what this 15 minutes is about, is is going into that place and letting go of all the rest of it, all the things that we're trying to do, that we're, and just go into this other place. Yes. Because that's how we get into our creative flow, that flow, when it comes from outside of us and streams in through us and then becomes physically manifested. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it really works. Me- you uh, have lots of different ways in which to reach a lot of people. Yeah. Which yeah. is exciting for you. And it's, you know, it's good for the people who get to hear you or see you. Thank you. Thank you. And how serendipitous, how amazing that I was able to be invited to be on your show and talking to you. Yes, well, I'm very glad you were able to come and be on my show. I'm I'm really grateful. It's yes. been a, and a fabulous hour, honestly. Yes. Thank you. So uh, I'm going to, at some point in your future talk to you after the show's over. Um, we'll find a time. We don't need a lot, of, a lot of talk, but I want to tell you a few things about what I'm doing. Fantastic. And um, I'm so glad you were on my show. Thank you. I'm so glad, too. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. So I will be in touch with you in the near future. That's beautiful. Okay, well, thank you so Maybe much. Maybe I'll even see you Sunday at my book signing. You just might. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for being on the show. Okay, everybody, that's the show. Bye for now. 
Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior.